Auctions can be so exciting, and for Dairy Goat Breeders, one of the premier auction events is the Spotlight Sale, held each year at the ADGA Annual Convention. This week on Goat Gab, Cameron and I are joined by special guest, Christy Bozo Baldenegro, who is one of the chairpersons for the Spotlight Sale Committee. Christy shares her insight into what it takes to be selected as a Spotlight Sale consignment. Who knows, maybe you'll realize that you have one of those special animals in your herd that is destined for the spotlight. Welcome back to another rendition of Goat Gab. This is Cameron. This is Laura. And today we have Christy Bozo Baldenegro. Baldenegro. Did I get that right, Christy? Yes, you did. Yes, okay, you did, Christy. <laughs> on the podcast, Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, some of your experiences in dairy goats here. Well, I am have been a I'm a life member of ADG. I joined um, on a whim. I joined 4-H and, and enrolled in the dairy goat program in 1977, and have been a breeder of alpines ever since. My sister and I have the Sweet Dreams Alpines, and both of our all three of our our three kids also um, help with chores, showing, raising, and, and um, taking care of the animals. So um, we, I live in um, a small town in Northern California, Plymouth, California. I'm back. Um, we were in Sutter Creek for a while, but i um, been a Nor- uh, Northern California resident for um, many years and um, I'm happy to be here on the podcast today. We are happy to have you. Yes, and we're going to be talking about the Spotlight Sale with Christy. Christy is one of the co-chairs of the Spotlight Sale Committee and probably has been ever since I was a wee tyke, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, I I have been. I was co-chair with um, John White for many years, and then um, Bill and I are co-chairs and have been, I think, for eight or nine years now. So I've been a co-chair... I want to say 15 or 16 years now. (laughs) Wow. That's a long time to put a lot of love and hard work into something. So thank you for stepping up to the plate and doing that, Christy. Well, it's a, it is is one of my favorite events at the convention, and um, always look forward to the beautiful animals that the ADGA members nominate and put up for sale um, during the sale. Um, and I've, I've been a purchaser of animals in the spotlight sale as well. So I'm able to um, see from behind the scenes and and um, am able to enjoy some of the nominations myself that have come through. So Awesome. Laura, let's let's talk about what's happening on our farm first before we dive into that. Laura, what's what's going on at your place? Well, today is one of those days. Um, around the farm that you look forward to and then you hate. So I'll just explain. And and if you're a goat owner, I know that you know what I'm going to talk about. Um, Goats are so good at at being frugal with their hay, not. Um, We had a year and a half of hay buildup around my hay feeders, hay feeders that you used to be able to throw a square bale into and they had to reach up to eat them. And uh, now they're eating out of the top of it and sometimes jumping in it. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's time. So uh, my wonderful husband brought his tractor with the chains on it and the loader and we moved all of that. And so now we have poop mountain. 
<laughs> in the back part of our pasture. Um, probably some of the best garden stuff that you might want to put down uh, for fertilizer. But uh, the yard's torn up. It has that faint odorous smell of rotting hay. But hey, at least it's cleaned up for another year. So that's that's the big thing today. And, and I'm being um, very envious of all of my friends who are at their first show of the season this this uh, weekend down in Little Rock in District 5. I think that's the first District 5 show that there has been. And so I wish them all great um, luck and a lot of fun. And you've got beautiful weather for it. So can't wait to see the pictures of all the winners and all the fun that people had. Well, that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I've seen that show too. Um, I am excited about, I was excited and we looked into going to that there, but on my farm, we have our first show next week and we are excited. I've been, um, spending the day cleaning the trailer. I've got to check the lights still and make sure all that is ready to go. And then the week after that, we're getting the brakes checked and the wheel bearings repacked we've never had that done in the 15 years of owning a trailer but i thought it might be good idea to get that done um and i will be the first to admit we're not great at preventative maintenance but (laughs) i figure we could we should spend the money now before we might have to spend the money in an accident later so um we're uh i'm getting the trailer professionally serviced is what i'm calling it there on my farm um, also recently had my second COVID vaccine, um, and that's been kicking my butt. I will say that right now. Yesterday, it was just the chills always. Um, so if you do get the COVID vaccine and you do experience that, I want you to know you are not alone um, in, in that feeling there. So, But it's made for some great time to um, kind of relax and lay under the covers and do some TC prep as well. Oh, TC prep. When is that, Cameron? That's in two weeks, so we'll have to figure you'll we'll have to figure something out for the podcast. Maybe you can catch me live from the exciting TC. <laughs> hey, we could do that. That would be that would be a good thing between the two nights, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of give you a little bit of a break there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, yeah. That that first night's always the stressful one. The second night, however, is just kind of chill. You know, you maybe do some practice sets of reasons, but um, yeah. So, man, we can maybe think about doing something there. And I, I, I have uh, heard Christy, it's a, oh. I was going to say, I have heard it's a full, um, it's going to be a full TC. So that's a, that's great for, um, the ADGA shows as they come along. But yeah, here we're in California. We, um, there is a show this weekend about three hours south of me in Paso Robles. And, um, it is, it looked to be, almost the same size as a national show. When I saw the entries, there was a hundred Nigerian dwarfs entered. Um, and so there's, there's going to be, it's a significant show because um, unlike a lot of places in the country, California had, um, I believe zero shows last year and no state fair is planned for this year. So um, the club shows that are being held this year are few and far between, but I'm sure will be um, heavily attended by exhibitors. Our first show that we're going to attend is um, the weekend of June um, 12th. So I'm actually exhibiting, my sister will be exhibiting in one ring and I'll be um, judging in the other ring. So it'll be, you know, exciting, but here we, um, we, the, 
we saw the the writing on the wall with the pandemic and less shows. And so we took a, a slow year and only bred three does and we have finished kidding already. So um, I only had ended up with one doe kid and six buck kids. <laughs> so not very, Ooh, not, I know it's like, and of course the eight year old that I wanted to have does. And the only reason I bred her is, um, you know, please give me that one doe kid that you haven't had in four years. And um, of course, twin bucks, they're beautiful, but not the right sex, but um, yeah, they, <laughs> unfortunately. So, um, you know, here it's a warm weather is just starting. So where I live now, we're on the um, watchful eye for rattlesnakes and all the wild animals that live around here. So it's been, um, it's, it's been nice, but so far um, the warm weather's coming. So the heat will be upon us sooner than, than we think, but um, looking forward to seeing some goats here on the 12th um, of June. So it's a, you know, a month away, month and a half away from, from us to get back to a show. So um, I'm sure that um, everyone is having a great time in Paso Robles this weekend. So can't wait to see the results I, and animals and pictures, as, as Laura said, from the show down there. So it'll be nice to see those pop up on social media. Oh, I yeah. think I think in those areas where there were significantly less shows last year, there will be this pent up demand for showing goats. Yeah. It's great. Like they've talked about it in like terms of economics where there's this pent up demand of vacation and to fly. But I think in the goat world, there'll be this pent up to demand to, to show goats. And right. what we'll see is, is, you know, because of those goats that were really nice last year had a year off as we might see actually nicer goats as judges out in the show ring because those goats that, you know, maybe would have finished as two-year-olds or three-year-olds or four-year-olds are now a year older. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think that that's going to be, um, interesting to see, you know, typically out here in, in California, you're seeing a lot of, you know, the two and three year olds that aren't finished. And, you know, I think now we're going to see a lot more of those four and five year olds that had that year to just sort of, you know, put everything together will be out in the show ring. So it'll make a more balanced, um, you know, age classes and things of that nature. I think you'll see uh, larger, um, older classes, you know, the three-year-old, the four-year-old and the five-year-old, five and over classes, I think will have more um, exhibit, you know, entries in it because people weren't able to finish goats last year, at least on the West Coast. It'll be interesting to see what that does at national show too. Of course, I mean, there's not a champion challenge at nationals, but right. Um, you know, did that year off help people, you know, maybe maintain their herd a little bit better, spend a little more time on management? Are we going to see a higher quality altogether? It'll be interesting to see. Oh, okay. I, spe- I think I think speaking about nationals, Laura, I think that's a natural transition to jump right in and talk about the national show rules in our Edgar News section. Yeah. So um, I didn't, you know, I, I read through them again after, you know, they were given out earlier this year and didn't look like a whole lot of changes from what there were, but it's exciting. I always feel like it's one step closer, you know, now we've got rules. So ooh, that's great. Yeah. You know. And, and the, there are some, you know, for those of you that are listening, you need to make sure and review the, the COVID rules. And as a board member, an EC member, we were hoping that, you know, we start off um, really um, 
strong and stringent with the rules and the facility is restricting us. And as we get closer, we're hoping to open some things up. So um, we're crossing our fingers that the facility will allow us more um, flexibility in what they've required us to come in with as far as um, related to the COVID rules, but not much other than that has changed um, regarding, you know, showing and exhibiting the animals and things of that nature. So it should be a, a wonderful show and the facility is always beautiful there. So it's one of the um, first times I judged at nationals was in Louisville. So it'll be exciting to see the live stream once the show starts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that there's going to be live stream. Cause I, you know, one of the things as, as a breeder that I tell people, you know, and I'm sure you all, you both have been asked this question too. What can I do to really move my herd in my breeding program up to the next level? And I always say, go to a national show. Even if you're not ready to exhibit yet, go and watch and see what's going on. And I'm glad that live stream still at least will allow that opportunity since they're not allowing um, spectators at this point. Right. Yes. That people will be able to watch. Yep. But I will say with that is be careful that pixelation on that live stream. You know, a goat, you might be look really good on that pixelation, but might not look as great in, in person. So just I, that's one caveat I, w- I will throw out there on that live stream is it can get kind of pixelated based on your Internet speed and where you're at. And if you live in rural America, your Internet might not be the best. True. Yeah. So, Yeah. I mean, we're just, ha- I'm just happy they have it now. I mean, back, back in the ancient times, um, before you were born, Cameron, they didn't have the live stream. <laughs> so we had to anxiously so. await phone calls and, um, you know, pictures that were developed at a, at a, at a photo lab instead of, you know, instant satisfaction of the social media <laughs> posts. <laughs> Yes. And Christy, remember how exciting it was when you would order the videotapes <gasps> and you'd wait on pins and needles for those to arrive. Yes. So you could sit down and watch the national show. Yes. Yeah. I, I kind of miss, I miss not being able to go back and, and rewatch it again. Right. I think that's kind of sad. But on the other hand, that instantaneous thing is wonderful. Right. Right. And one of the, um, a few years ago, friends of ours had a um, New Year's Eve party in um, that I attended. And what they did is they actually had, it's probably been 10 years ago. So I think the videos were still available. They actually put a big sheet on the building next to their house. And we watched the national show almost in, in um, you know, 100% normal size projected onto the side of the building and it was quite exciting even though we all knew the you know who won and everything but it was you know being able to critique what the judges did and see you know where we where we were at in the class and things like that but yeah I do miss being able to go back in and and look at those um, videos I think I still have some of those floating around my house somewhere one of these boxes around here I think (laughs) so we have something that people would like we have some in our house and I've seen them like don't just because I'm a, you know, a millennial <laughs> technology person that wants to do everything on a computer and doesn't want to print anything out. But we still have some of those. And a couple Christmases ago, my dad and I sat down and we watched those. And it was like the time of like, and we're going to start Alpine fangirling here. So I apologize. It was like Golden Lark from Randy Hoach was in right. that class. And like <laughs> um, L- uh, Lyric was there. And, you know, some of the Nixon goats were there. And I mean, it was 
I was fangirling like the whole time because I'm like, I've only seen these goats on pedigrees. <laughs> so <laughs> I apologize to the listeners that don't understand alpines, but those were the those were the the days and the and the lines that we build upon now in terms of not just the purebred French alpines, but the American alpines as well. We're built on those herds. Yeah. So yeah. I the- hope that I. I hope that in generations to come, not having things like that saved, I hope that doesn't come to, you know, bite us in the rear end because I think it's always good, especially those of us that like to use AI uh, to go back and really look at those animals again. And, and Cameron and I have talked about this on a prior uh, podcast, Christy, for me, you know, I, I think back to animals that I thought were just amazing back in the 80s and early 90s and and rule worthy. And, and, you know, I've got some semen that goes back to those. And can I use that? And my daughters are like, Mom, is it nostalgia that's like coloring your thoughts on this? Or were they really that amazing? And so I'll hesitate to use that semen because I just don't know. Sometimes you remember things being way different than what they really were. <laughs> oh, see, I, I, for me, it was mallow, you know, goats with one name that are, you know, have been long gone. Goats, mallow, luminary, snowbird. Snowbird was, yep. you know, I, I remember when I was in, I don't know, art, art class. And I actually did a pencil drawing that I, a sketch of Snowbird, the famous ad that, that um, Jan would run. And um, I actually, when we went and purchased Falcon from um, Paul and Jan, Paul Weiser and Jan Palmer, we, I gave it to him and she was just beautiful. I loved the dough, but, you know, I think that there's something to be said about going back and using some old semen. And I'm not afraid. I'm so somewhat of an aged semen hoarder. Not that much, but certainly um, I have a lot of semen, as we probably all do, too much. Um, but I love to go back and, and pull it out and use it. And, and you know, it, if it's not going to do you any good sitting in the tank, so you might as well try it. You don't have to keep a buck, but you certainly, you know, you, you know it, it's if you bought it, you had intentions of using it. What's the harm in using it? You know, especially if you're looking to add some, um, you know, different purebred genetics back into the herd. Um, you know, certainly. And then since we breed Americans, I I'll use the one I think is going to fit best. So, um, yeah, I I think nostalgia helps you look at that list of semen and go. I'm going to use that this year. And then, um, and then you use it, <laughs> but you know, most people that have that one or two straws, like, you know, I'll, st- I have still a, a few straws of risk and a Saison and it's like, I just, I think you're more afraid to use it than anything. You know, what if it doesn't, what if you don't get a conception and then, you know, but again, it's not doing me any good sitting in the tank. Yes. Very true. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to replay this to me this fall because I have two straws of a buck that I've been hoarding for a while. So might as well use one of them. Yeah. <laughs> might as well. well that's, that's right. Cause you, you, that's cause I took away the other stuff that you've been hoarding. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I I gave that I gave I gave that to Cameron because I know he'll use it. So oh. <laughs> well, I'll figure it out. So uh, oh, on the Adga fun. News front as well, we do have some linear appraisals being announced. So yes. that's exciting for the yes. association, and it's exciting for uh, Mr. Jim to move that program forward as well. So yes, yeah. Hey, Christy. Speaking of Jim, yes. I'm glad you brought him up, Cameron. I just want to say what a delightful person to work with. Great. Um, he like, 
I asked him, I emailed him and like within minutes I got a response. It wasn't anything um, that was really important, uh, important to me, but not, you know, a, a timely thing. And he's just so kind and so, so responsive and so nice. So I think you guys really just found an outstanding person for that position. Yeah. So I hope he stays with us for a long time. Yes, we were excited to get him on board. That's for sure. It came with some great ideas that he's been able to implement um, right off the bat and including getting the um, appraisal program um, started and up and running and uh, again and I believe this weekend they're holding their refresher sessions so um, they'll get get the appraisers that have um, gotten um, back on get them back on track and get them ready to go and you know and um, it's going to be an exciting time to get the uh, appraisals back on um, you know animals back being um, appraised so be nice. Yes. Well, and, uh, and Christy, you guys had your informative meeting on Monday, and uh, boy, it looks like some good stuff came out of that, too. Uh, you know, maybe some answers people were looking for and uh, positive looking up moving forward with NG and reasons why that uh, we need to keep moving. And I'm, I'm just really excited to see the future of that as well. Yeah, we did. We were able to provide um, answers to most of the director's questions that came in, but there are some answers the EC um, is still working through, making sure that we get all the questions addressed that the um, board members came with, that you, the mem that the members um, requested get answers from. And certainly um, there's folks out there, um, any of the directors are willing to help any of the members if they are having some issues. One thing we do want to remind folks is if you've already um, <clears throat> submitted an issue ticket or a, an error ticket for an, an issue, please don't submit another issue ticket. Um, don't submit another ticket. And once your issue is resolved, please don't even respond with a thank you because what that'll do is reopen the ticket. So in this case, we prefer that you um, just accept the fact that your ticket has been taken care of and, and um, go to the next, um, you know, your next registration if you need to register more goats. But um, we are um, looking forward to getting the system fixes um all taken care of in the next couple of months, we're hoping, and, and getting the association, um, you know, able to easily and the members able to easily register um, and and or record their animals that they have, um, you know, that are eligible for recreation. And just for those who aren't aware or don't work in a, a ticketing, you know, CRM system every day, is that's how they're designed to be that way? Um, you know, if you, if you send in a message, you know, and, and that ticket's closed, it's going to automatically reopen it. Yes. So don't think, oh, that that's bad ad programming. No, that's how, um, th that's how those systems are designed to work. So right. th again, I have some experience in, in doing that. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, I've been the one that's reopened tickets, uh, in my professional life, uh, as well. I've also been the guy that's been responding to stuff under tickets as well, because, um, that was the issue there. So, yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is don't feel like you're being rude. If you don't say, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Exactly. Just don't say that. Exactly. Assume, assume that they know you are thankful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's for, that's for sure. So, and then other exciting news that, that has been, um, ADGA related, we were able to, um, 
um, extend an offer to, and he accepted Lance Gerlach is going to be starting uh, with ADGA as our first executive director on May 10th. So his picture and a bio is available um, on the ADGA site, and I've seen it posted um, and shared on social media. So um, we welcome him and um, his expertise in um, our association, and he's going to have some time to work with Shirley and um, get caught up to speed on all that is ADGA. Well, that's exciting. I hope he yeah. loves us. Yeah. We're excited to have somebody um, with experience and and um, knowledge, and and I know that uh, that's a big weight off of the EC's shoulders to have somebody in that position. So yes. It'll be neat to see where that takes us. Yes. Yes, and I would excited. love to get him on the podcast as well, yeah, potentially. Fingers crossed on if after, of course, after you know he has some time with Shirley, because um, I want you know I don't want to be like grilling him right away, you know, and really not be able to answer some questions. So I think that would be an exciting opportunity, and I'm always thinking ahead. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So do we want to move on then to our topic for this week? Yeah, we're talking about the spotlight sale. Yeah. So, Christy, you know, as you said earlier, this has been something that you've gotten to be a part of for quite a while. Can you kind of can you go back even further and give us a brief history of why the spotlight sale is even part of Adga's history and and, you know, maybe some highlights of that? Well, I I, I can give you as much as I can um, recall. I do. um I do know that the spotlight cells start, I believe, in the end. I don't even want to say. I believe it was in the, the 50s, 60s. And um, there, when you look back in some of the older um, uh, dairy goat publications that used to publish the spotlight sale um, catalog, you uh, they always felt like it was the last hurrah of the convention, of the annual meeting, and it was a way for all the breeders to bring and spotlight their best genetics that they were willing, that they're willing to part with. Um, and through the years, you can see that there, when you look at the, you know, the historical information, there's, you know, Laura Wood Acres and Nixon and Redwood Hills and Campaneros and Soyum Oaks. And I'm going to leave off some herds, I'm sure, on the East Coast that have shag bark, have all had animals in the sale. And, um, you know, they're spotlighting the, they're the best of the best. And, um, we continue to do that and, um, you know, look forward to, um, this sale at the convention every year. And, um, you know, in recent years we've been, we've live streamed it and we've also now been able to do online bidding, which has helped. And we're still working through the process of, um, finalizing the details related to um, possibly having embryos in the sale as well. So that's something on the horizon uh, process we've been working through for a number of years and hope to have um, that path forward um, presented at the, at the annual meeting this year in October. So um, that would be cool. Yeah, it would be very interesting. Get us more on the uh, level with some of the other um, livestock um, sales that you see around. There's a lot of, um, other, um, cattle 
sheep, swine, where they're selling the um, embryos. And that's another avenue for folks to, um, you know, get genetics without actually having to buy a, a full-size goat. <laughs> yes, those um, those don't fit into planes and trains and automobiles uh, super well sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah that is true. <laughs> um, but – Thinking about, you know, the possibility of embryos and the evolution of the spotlight sale, um, it's interesting to see, and I noticed it, I attended my first spotlight sale in 2018 um, in Minnesota, but it was interesting to look at the international perspective as well, because the bidders weren't just, you know, people in the U.S., but it was also, there were people from all over the world bidding. Yes, yes, and and we've had, um, you know, back before borders were closed and things that that nature we had consignments and and buyers from um canada and we've certainly had um um, interested bidders from other um, countries mexico i believe we've had some from brazil actually attending the sale and buying um buying animals in the sale that they're making arrangements, you know, when it comes to Brazil to ship them, you know, back to, to um, their, their country. So um, it's, you know, certainly not just for the United States ADGA members or the U.S. ADGA members. It's for anyone interested in purchasing these genetics, whether you are an ADGA member or not. We do um, at the sale, um, you know, with the live stream, anyone can attend. And um, with the, um, when the sale starts, we open those doors. So anyone, even if you're not registered for the convention, can come and attend the actual sale. So um, it's an opportunity for, you know, excitement and to be able to see the, you know, proven genetics and herds that, um, you know, you only dreamed of getting an animal from them and they're right there in front of you. Um, yours for the taking the last, you know, the, the one with the hand raised last gets to take them home. So <laughs> certainly exciting. Yes. As Denny, as so Denny always says, the auctioneer is, is make sure you bid last. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we love Denny and have him back every year. <laughs> he does such a good job. Yes. Yes. He knows how to get the goat people to, um, um, throw their hands up in excitement. That's for sure. So Christy, I can remember as, as a 4-H'er, a young, you know, just young into dairy goats, every year getting so excited about getting my dairy goat journal in the mail. And it usually came out, I think in, I don't know, August or September for the spotlight sale in October um, or UCN then later on down the road when they were the ones that carried the spotlight sale catalog. And I always remember just perusing over that and the pedigrees and the pictures and the, the related parents. And then uh, each each consigner had ads elsewhere with more pictures. And one thing I remember was seeing for years, the tops that the historical top selling animal, I think it was Cadillac Danciette. Oh yeah. Is that, does that <laughs> ring a bell? Yes. Yep, Back, for me it does. I think it was in 1980, <laughs> 19, I'm thinking it was in the eighties or late seventies. Oh, and I think she sold I think for eighty one hundred dollars. Yep, I think I it think might it have been in the seventies, but I don't have that. I don't have her date in there, but certainly, uh-huh. um, I, I'm I'm sure that someone that hears this podcast will will um, comment <laughs> on the date. I bet it's Marge. <laughs> I bet Marge Kitchen will. I bet Marge will be in touch with us and let us know for sure. And let yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yes, I do. But, yeah. What, 
What other memorable animals can you can you recall, Christy, that have been in the sales, um, especially top sellers? Because there's certainly dairy goats don't tend to bring as much money as let's say a boar goat might um, or, or a cow, but we've had some good top selling animals in sales in recent years. Oh, I mean, just the, the um, last sale that we had, we had two, um, the, the customers, La Mancha buck um, was bought by a consortium, I guess you could say, and as well as the Wingwood buck. And, um, the, I know the Wingwood Buck, I believe, was purchased by West Coast all the way from Washington down to California, and I believe some Texas purchasers as well. So he's traveling, you know, near and, you know, far and wide to, to put a lot of babies on the ground. And then the um, customer Buck, same thing. He went to um, Southern California and I believe had um, owners that Participate that purchased purchased with the group um, from I believe Arizona and New Mexico as well. So um, those two are the ones that most recently come to mind. Um, you know, years ago there was the um, Willow Run buck that that sold I believe for. Uh, I know Karen Karen Aker Smith will correct me on the exact dollar amount because I think she was the um, um, the person that raised her hand the highest at the end was, was taking the bids, but I think he went for, I want to say 16, 16, one, um, 16,100, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then we've also had some, um, of our Nigerian animals. We had, um, the, um, recently, you know, over $10,000. And so, and those are one of Marge, Marge purchased with, um, Carol, um, a Nigerian buck who's made a great impact on her herd of Nigerians. So certainly, um, they're far and wide. I mean, I was, um, I had a, um, purchased Renaissance from, um, Randy and Mary Adamson and certainly wasn't planning on purchasing her. But once I started looking at her pedigree and saw her on the stage, I was gonna, you know, we ended up taking her home and she's had an impact on our herd as well. Um, I have a number of her daughters and she's had a number of sons um, that have gone um, to many herds to, you know, make more babies. So um, for me personally, I, you know, so happy to see and to bring her home. So it's been, it's been And Renaissance's dam was she was a spotlight sale. Yes. So yes. for Randy, right? Like yes. they purchased her. So that's, that's yeah. kind of cool. Two generations there. And then Renaissance had an offspring in the spotlight sale yes. as well. Yes. That was, that was, um, it was, and the timing was, was sick. It, the dam when, when Rapture, um, had Renaissance, she was six. And when Renaissance, um, when we nominated the Renaissance daughter, Renaissance was six. So it was, and then it had been six years, you know, so it'd been six years and six years. And we believe it was the first three generation, um, nomination. So down the damn line. So we were excited about that. Um, you know, and then we've had a number of beautiful milkers in the spotlight sale. So certainly, um, those are a little more, 
um, difficult to keep in milk till October, November, but certainly, you know, if you are or someone is interested in nominating a milker, um, we have accepted milkers in the sale before. Um, the Koopman family in um, Iowa had um, two milkers in the sale a number of years ago and, and um, were sold, both sold for a, a very large amount of money. So that was um, in going to good homes too. So that's, you know, as a, as a nominator, that's one of the things you're always, I just want them to go to a good home. And, and um, we, we, um, you know, once they get to the, the animals get to the sale location, we welcome them into our tent home for the week and then um, care for them. So if you are, you know, someone you know is thinking about nominating, you don't even have to be at the sale location. You just need to get the animal to the location and um, the Spotlight Sale Committee um, oversees the tent during the week and taking care of the animals and, and getting them sold on sale day and, and um taken, you know, once their, their new owners show up, then they go off to their new home. So, yeah. Yeah. So as, as looking at this sale here, and this was, I'm thinking about 2017 slash it's the first one that pops up on Google, just for the listeners to know here, the price is the cheapest an animal sold was $750. I mean, and if I would get $750 for any of my goats, I would be doing backflips. Um, (laughs) And the most expensive one, which was the old mountain farm bucket, which I think is the one that um, Carol Drone and Marge Kitchen purchased was over $10,000. So that's quite the range there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you can certainly, um, you know, go and, you know, if you have some, and we've had some, unfortunately that, you know, it takes two to tango. If we don't have two interested parties there, then, um, you may be able to walk away with, you know, with a bargain. We hope not. Our job is to, you know, make sure that we, we have as many bidders as we can on sale day, but certainly, um, there have been some steals as far as, as pedigrees and genetics that have, um, you know, been available at the sale. But again, you know, there's, there's also been those 10, thousand dollar animals um which we all love to see that happen so and um you know you can as a a potential consigner or nominate uh nominator um you know one can expect to um you know spend close to five to six hundred dollars if you're going to be shipping the animal out that's going to cost you three four possibly $600 to get the animal out and then calculating in the cost of, of raising the animal till October, as well as the, um, as the cost, the health certificate, the TB testing, the CAE testing, you know, you're looking between anywhere between, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars when you're done as an investment, just to get the animal to the sale. So we don't want to, you know, say everything sells for $10,000 because we definitely know that it doesn't, but a realistic view is, is anywhere between 500 to a thousand to get the animal, you know, out to the sale. Um, and so, you know, when you're thinking about nominating, while we want everyone to get the $10,000, the reality is that they, they aren't getting $10,000. And so <laughs> you need to think about that when you're nominating the animal is that, you know, would you be happy with a, a smaller dollar amount, you know, just to cover your costs? And certainly, you know, the advertising ADGA provides, um, 
DNA typing for the consignments for um, free. Then we also are, we do the website, we do Facebook, you know, Facebook posts of the um, individual animals. And then because there is um, no more um, United Caprine News, our catalog will probably be printed in-house. Um, we have a, a, a um, committee member that's volunteered to help um, put something like that together, but we certainly have something in the works as far as a catalog, because that's part of the excitement of the Spotlight Sales, getting that catalog, like Laura talked about, and looking at the catalog and thumbing through, you know, the pictures and the pedigrees and the genetics and, and, and keeping it like a herd, you know, like uh, back in the day when they used to do um, herd, herd catalogs, sales lists and keeping that for um, the research down the line. So, so Christy, <clears throat> if I, if I were thinking, Hmm, okay, I'm intrigued. This sounds interesting. Can you kind of talk about what kind of animals are you guys especially looking for, for the spotlight sale? Well, certainly first thing you would need to want to do is, is reach out to the, go to the ADGO website and get the, download the, um, the nomination packet. There's a, or you can, they can email me directly. You can look up my email address on the ADGO site, email me directly or any of the spotlight sale committee members will have this, um, the application, but animals that we're looking for, I mean, we are, we are hoping for, um, you know, um, we typically take more does than bucks. And, um, again, we've taken milkers or kids. Um, we've even sold some bread does. They have to be, you know, uh, come with a breeding certificate, obviously a service memo. Um, things we're looking for is a well-rounded nomination, maybe a repeat breeding where you have a doe that's, you know, had multiple offspring that are permanent champions or multiple offspring that are, you know, top 10, you know, have their, you know, made top 10 records, uh, have appraised, you know, well. So, you know, we look at the committee looks at all categories um, and uh, performance programs that ADGA offers when they're making their um, review and selections. And we're, you know, number one, looking for something that's a well-rounded nomination that's going to provide, um, you know, um, highlights from um, maybe national shows or state fairs, <clears throat> excuse me, or, um, you know, you go to a lot of regional shows. And then, like I said, if it's a repeat breeding of a, of a doe in your herd, that's done well as well. Or a buck in your herd that's done well. Um, or comes from um, proven um, genetics that have combined well in your herd. It may not be the exact same breeding, but maybe you've bred, you know, buck A to you know, doe A, B, C, and D and gotten, you know, four or five permanent champion does that have all earned their, you know, star milker designation and then appraised well. But just because you don't participate in appraisal or milk test or show doesn't preclude someone from getting a nomination um, and an animal accepted into the sale. Well, we're looking, we're looking for the best of the best. And so, we, you know, Renaissance, for example, came from a herd that didn't, um, they had not um, 
appraised and so um, or been on milk test. And so they while they're a commercial dairy, they didn't have, you know, specific milk records on some of the does. But the fact that she'd had six or seven daughters that were permanent champions had, you know, played a key role in, her, in that doe getting, you know, renaissance getting into the sale. So things of that nature. So certainly, and, and we have um, members all the time reaching out to us saying, what do you think about this, you know, cross or that cross? And well, we're certainly, we can certainly um, provide some insight or if you have a, a judge that's, you know, local to you or a breeder that you respect, certainly you're, you can bounce ideas off of them if you're thinking about nominating, um, you know, does. And if you perhaps have a buck and a doe that are siblings that you are like, I would just like one of them to get nominated, you know, get into the sale. We certainly, we've done um, nominations where it's committee choice. So the nominator will nominate a buck and a doe from the same breeding. And, and um, a couple times we've taken the does and a couple times we've taken the bucks. So that's an option that um, we don't really explain on the nomination form, but certainly something that um, can be done if you really are unsure whether you want, you know, your the buck kid would get in or the doe kid would get in. You could do a breeder's, um, the committee's choice, and then we would select which one felt, um, you know, would, would benefit, um, you know, would fit into the sale uh, best. So if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, and I want to make sure that all listeners understand this, there are three criteria. One, obviously, there's the show data that you guys look at. Two, there is linear appraisal records, and three, there is milk records. Correct? Yeah. And then one thing we did um, on the nomination packet this year, we do realize there are some challenges with NG and getting performance per, uh, pedigrees. Out. So we have waived the performance pedigree requirement, but if you have access to say a dam and a sire's performance pedigree, uh, you can you can put the you know print those and put those in the packet as well. So we uh, we understand there's some challenges and um, with getting those performance pedigrees and or even them them registered. So certainly if you have a um, you could utilize the Adga Genetics site to get a planned mating pedigree written out. If you have to handwrite in um, show wins and things of that nature to add to the packet, we are are very flexible. And um, certainly would rather get everything via email than um, than than sent in um, sent um, via snail mail, you could say. So um, that that's an option as well. So I know just from looking over the packet and so forth, in addition to sending, um, you know, the pedigree information on the animal, you're also asking people to send good pictures, correct? Yes. Yes. That is key. P- good pictures are worth a thousand, a thousand words. So, <laughs> um, I mean, the, 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 the most important pictures obviously are, are of, you know, we want to see good pictures of the nominee. We certainly don't expect a kid to be clipped when you're sending in uh, the pictures for, you know, a three week old kid or a six week old kid to be clipped. So, um, we don't require clipping on the nominations, you know, pictures per se, but certainly, um, you want to include pictures in the packet that are going to, um, provide the best 
um, view of your nominee as possible. So I would, we certainly would prefer to see, you know, more, um, you know, milker pictures than a rear, a rear shot of, of um, the, the sire's, you know, hind leg set unless it's exceptional. So, you know, you, you certainly want to include as many pictures as you can, um, but you do want to remember that they, they are being looked at and potentially could be, you know, put on, on the website if the animal's accepted. So if you don't um, want that picture posted on social media or on the ADGA site, if the animal's accepted, I would certainly um, not include that picture in the nomination packet, but sometimes things, uh, a poor picture, um, you know, is included and we certainly would not, um, you know, post that on the, on the social media if we, if the animal ended up getting accepted, but certainly, um, if, if a nominator wanted to ask, is this a picture we want to include or not include, we are always willing to take a look and provide, you know, our thoughts and input as, you know, any of the committee members. So um, good pictures are key. And if you can blow them up as big as possible, if you're submitting, say, a PDF um, via email, um, certainly, um, you know, make those pictures as big as, as you can get them, you know, on the page um, and clear ones as well. So, um, yes, good pictures are always, as, as you two are both goat breeders know, it's always difficult to remember to take the pictures, let alone getting good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be challenging. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, who who is this committee? Obviously, I I know one very well because he's my dad. But who? <laughs> what? What? Like who is the audience of the committee? The audience of well, I mean the the makeup of the committee would be. Is that what you're asking? Who's yeah, yeah. That's a bet. That's a better. Okay. That's a better. And not of individual names, but right, right, right. Know, just so, in general. We have always tried to ensure that we have a balance of committee members throughout the United States. And so if you look at the makeup of the committee, we have the West Coast, we have, you know, Midwest, Mountain, we have some, you know, farther Midwest, and then the East Coast. So we always try to keep the um, committee, committee members spread out. So if I'm out judging, or you're out judging, or Ed is out judging or whomever's on the committee at a show and or, you know, at an appraisal day or you're a milk tester, you're able to see a wider range of animals and tell people, hey, you know, you might think about nominating something. And, you know, certainly if you know of heard that that is, you know, doing well in all those areas of the ADGA performance program, certainly, um, hey, you know, you might think about nominating something for the spotlight sale. And, um, you know, I mean, that that certainly is why we have so many people on the committee and why they are all spread out and they are all, and we try to keep them spread out so that um, we can, we can have a bigger, um, I guess, 
wider spread of, of where people are looking and, and maybe herds that aren't nationally known. People can't all go to national show. We can, you know, that the reality is that, that, um, you know, driving to Louisville, if you're from, from California, that's a long drive. You may not want to go that for that goat show, but you may go to every show on the West coast and do very well. So just because you aren't going to nationals doesn't mean you can't nominate, you know, an animal to the spotlight sale. But that is why we have such a wide makeup is so that we have a, a view of, of herds far and wide and small and large. I, I think that's a good point to bring up is you don't have to go to nationals in no. order to nominate. What about – and you've mentioned it previously, but just to reiterate, do you have to do all three pieces or can you maybe not have uh, – maybe you can have really strong appraisal records but not – you know, maybe milk records, or maybe you don't do DHIR because you don't have a tester. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you can, you don't have to do um, all of them. Obviously it helps if you're, you know, nominating to have some milk records and some appraisal scores and show records, but certainly that doesn't prevent you from nominating or getting animals into the sale. So we, we like to, you know, we want, folks to know that we do utilize all program, you know, performance programs to evaluate the animals, but certainly don't immediately disclude you or exclude you or your nomination because you're not participating in milk test or you don't appraise. We understand that, you know, that not everyone can milk test, not even everyone can show, not everyone can appraise. So we, we look at that, um, you know, when we're looking at the nominations, but, and encourage people that don't participate in all, all performance programs to nominate if they're strong in, you know, one or two category areas. And, you know, certainly that, that's something um, we like to see and even better if you've got three, but if you only have one, that's what you go with. No, I have a question and I, and it wasn't on my sheet here that I prepared this year is, um, do you – oftentimes when I talk to people about spotlight sale or obviously I'm on the Colorama sale committee too, is they don't think they're good enough or they don't think their herd is well-known enough to nominate something. What what do you say when you hear a comment like that for something? I'm – I am – I am – Always encouraging people that say, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we've got, you know, good enough this. I mean, if you know that your animals in your heart are competitive with, you know, animals relative to whatever performance program you're looking at, then certainly I would encourage you. I would direct you to a doe nomination because like we said, I said earlier, more does get accepted than bucks, but certainly um, don't have it. It's, you know, the nomination fee is $25. So you're not going to be out, you know, a whole lot of money. It's a bale of hay in California, but certainly, <laughs> um, <laughs> certainly a little, little more in the belly, but um, certainly the, um, you know, if, if you're questioning whether or not I I'm good enough or my animals are good enough, reach out to a committee member and, and ask, what do you think about this? I get emails all the time. What do you think about this pedigree or that pedigree? And, and, um, you know, I'm not, I am not the sole vote person on the committee and Bill and I, my co-chair, um, we don't have a vote. We will make the decision on what the committee is voted on, but ultimately we don't, um, don't, 
have a vote on the committee. So we're happy to provide information or, you know, look at pedigrees or look at pictures if you're thinking about it. Um, but don't ever think you're not good enough. Um, you know, way back when, when we nominated our first one, um, first animal to the spotlight sale, all I wanted was something to get in the sale. And so I, I, I had a, a zero hold, so that's an option. You know, the hold price sometimes can can make a difference as to whether an animal gets accepted. An excessively high hold price, we feel, would um, deter, you know, could deter um, on sale day. Um, those are not, uh, are not released by any means, but certainly, you know, a hold price, um, you know, you have that opportunity to put a, uh, anywhere from zero to whatever dollar amount you feel that you needed for the animal to sell in the sale. But, um, you know, certainly um, we've had a lot of animals that have gotten into the sale where people were like, well, I don't know if I'm good enough. And then they get in the sale and they're, you know, they do just fine. And, you know, you're instantly, it, it's instant herd recognition. I've had animal spotlight sale. You know, you get a lot of um, free advertisement for the herd um, with our website and the um, ADGA um, Facebook page and things of that nature. So, um, you know, that, that that's really good to bring up is that it's free advertisement. And I don't mm-hmm. think enough people understand that is right. that you are getting put on Adga social media. You are getting put on Adga's website. You are being plastered all over the call, all over the Adga convention. So mm-hmm. think about it. Just how many people can see, you know, I'll just pick on Laura here, Maple Wind Caprine Dairy Goats right there. And that's, that's easily worth the $25 that you would put in there. So it's just, to me, the, the advertisement piece of it pays for the nominating fee in itself. But I also think differently than a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. And so, you know, a lot of we have kept the nomination fee at, at $25. So we don't, um, you know, it, it's not going to hopefully prevent folks from nominating. Um, and I know a lot of other sales um, charge a, a lot more just for the nomination process. But certainly we um, we feel that the $25 is is you know, not, not a whole lot, but enough to make sure that you're, that you really want to go through with it. So, yeah. So Christy, over the years that you've been doing the spotlight sale, are there any um, particular animals or particular sales or any highlights that just really stand out as something that you're always going to take away in the back of your mind as one of your favorites? Oh boy, there's been so many. Um, I'm really thinking about it. I, you know, I, I, each sale for me is so exciting. I've, I've, you know, been doing this process for such a long time. It gets, it's, I have um, yet to have not have something not happen or not. Everything is exciting. All the sales are exciting. Um, I can, I can bring up a funny story, an interesting story that happened a few years ago. Um, we had someone flying out to handle, be a handler for, um, 
a particular animal in the sale. And I'm not going to name names, but the um, owner of the animal and the handler, I'm sure um, if they listen to your podcast, will will know who I'm talking about. But um, unfortunately, the person that was going to be showing the animal um, had some flight delays. And when her plane landed, she had no luggage. So when she came to the sale location with literally minutes to spare, um, and in her jeans and her t-shirt wasn't really, um, as, as fancy as we like the handlers to look. So I, (laughs) so I literally took my shirt off that I had, I had a blouse on and my fancy boots and said, here you go. And so I undressed, (laughs) said, there you go. The animal ended up selling, I don't know, five or $6,000, I believe it is. It was a buck that um, decided he was going to pee all over my boots. So um, thank you. (laughs) Thankfully they were, they um, did not retain any of the smell and uh, they were fine after that. But um, that's just one, you know, one one funny story from the many years but i really the the sale really is and always has been just so exciting for me because you never know who's going to be the high seller and you never know whose animal is going to you know do something funny on the stage and um and so i think each each sale for me has been as exciting as the last, you know, I mean, I don't really have one special moment of um, that I would call out. I think they're all exciting because they're all new animals. Sometimes you have new consigners. Sometimes you have consigners that have, have um, had animals in the sale multiple times. Um, but it's, but it's always an exciting, it's always, you know, the hair stands up when it starts and when those animals start going for, you know, thousands of dollars and the, the audience is getting into it and it's exciting. And, um, you know, there's the online bidding aspect and people are shouting out. And so it really, there's not one particular, but that, you know, they're, they're all exciting for me. Or I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be willing to do it again. <laughs> you know. I can see that. Yeah. 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 I really think there's a there's a huge difference, and you know, I work on the Colorama sale committee, obviously. Um, but with the spotlight sales compared to Colorama, there's so much more excitement built up um, because it's really its own night in terms of the Adga yeah. event. You know, there's no awards or breeder presentations or youth awards or anything given out of that time. It's just a focus on the spotlight sale, and of course, there's um, you know, there, there's all adult <laughs> beverages and there's, um, excitement and the goats, there's glitter everywhere and everybody's right. dressed up in certain pomp and circumstance. And, um, I've been on Nigerians before and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a fun night and it's a great way to cap off convention, uh, at least from my one time being there. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And so one other thing I'll point out on the um, packet, not to go back to the nomination packet, but we have um, extended the, the postmark deadline to June 30th. So um, for those of you that are still thinking about it, you have until June 30th to get those nomination packets sent out. And, um, and we try to 
um, have the decisions by the end of July so that um, fees can be paid in August and we can start getting the advertising done. So um, we used to have a mid-May deadline, but we extended it out um, last year to June, but unfortunately there was no convention last year. So um, certainly um, we thought that this is a better deadline for folks maybe that are still deciding and aren't really sure what's happening. And um, that um, that is the deadline is June 30th. So, you know, certainly um, think about it. And, and, you know, if you have any questions on the packet itself, then, then reach out to myself or Bill or any of the committee members. Perfect. I don't have the extensive experience with spotlight sales as you all do, but as a uh, one-time buyer, because <laughs> I got the experience of doing that a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, sitting sitting cross-legged on my bed at night, watching the spotlight sale go on in Idaho. Uh, my husband was out of town. The girls were all in the other room. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm really bidding on this goat. That was so much fun. That was just so exciting and fun to watch it live streaming and really exciting to hear your name called as a purchaser. And um, one thing that, that I didn't think a whole lot about, even if you think, how the heck am I going to get this animal home? And here it was late October and it was, you know, all the way from Idaho back to Missouri. I had multiple people step up and say, Hey, I'll be glad to take him home for you. I've got a vehicle. I'll get it home. So don't let that dissuade you from thinking about bidding on an animal down the road. There's usually somebody who's going to help you out and get that animal at least part of the way home for you. So, yes, I, um, I've worked with many uh, potential buyers prior to the sale and during this, you know, convention week and even sale evening, um, to help make arrangements for transportation um, home. It's a little more difficult to um, get them on a plane nowadays, but certainly, um, you know, there's always people that are driving from all corners of the United States that, um, you know, may have room for a kennel on the way home. And certainly um, those things, you know, I've, and, and I've also been on the phone with people. If, if you're interested in bidding on an animal at the spotlight sale and, um, you know, it gets to that time, I've been on, on many a phone calls with people making bids for you or um, your consortium um, while the sale's going on. So that's something that can certainly um, be taken care of too for your purchasing needs. <laughs> we can take care of those as well. So thinking about back to kind of being a consigner of there, because we've had some experience um, kind of in all three of our breeds actually that we've had sables. We had one in 2017. We've had Lamanches in the past and we've had um, Alpines in the past as well. It's exciting to see, uh, those genetics go into different herds and it's herds you might not expect. But I think mm-hmm. back to a certain Alpine doe we sold and it was fun. We obviously didn't know the person, but he kind of ended up building his herd around that doe, which was super fun to see. Um, and in our recent, most recent spotlight sale acquisition, actually, um, we just got a doe kid back from. So it's interesting to see and think about um, all of our spotlight sale interactions we've had as a farm Kickapoo Valley. Um, and it's, it's fun to look back and say, okay, we, you know, we helped move a herd forward or we're bringing back in those genetics and it's, it's fun as from a consignment standpoint. Right. 
Right. Well, and you know, being there the day of the sale is so exciting and, you know, watching them like you talk about the glitter and, and the pomp and circumstance and, and all that is, is quite exciting. So, you know, if you, if you're dead set against nominating or want more information or want to go, you know, go at least watch the sale because it is pretty exciting to, you know, to um, see where the animals go and who's going to get what genetics and, you know, and, and there's, there is certainly options if people want to purchase animals together. Um, We've had all kinds of, all kinds of groups purchasing and, um, you know, we, um, and and nominating. So certainly um, we're willing to work with you on nominating and on purchasing. So either, either way we can, we can um, be reached out to and hopefully give you some answers relative to your questions on the sale. Perfect. I and think that's a great point to wrap things up. Yes. Perfect. Um, Cr- Christy, before we go, I always like to leave the listeners with um, where can they find information about obviously the Sweet Dreams Alpines? Well, we have a social media page on Facebook, Sweet Dreams Alpines, and ensure that you type in the Alpines. And then also um, our our webpage is sorely, sorely out of date, but it is sweetdreamsalpines.com. Um, you can email me. Um, and then, you know, if you're interested in learning more about the herd, and I can you know, provide you some additional information. But um, we utilize our Facebook page a lot for sales and, you know, and spotlighting some of the animals in our own herd when we, you know, go to shows and, and have exciting things happen. So, um, and I've even, even done some public shaming on my, on my poor eight-year-old that refuses to have doe kids on the Facebook page. So, uh, <laughs> so with that, that's where someone would go if they're interested in, in learning more about the herd or just reaching out. My phone number is, is on the ADGA webpage. Um, as a second vice, I've got my email address and phone number on there. So if you feel the need to contact me related to the executive committee, work or to spotlight sale i am available and willing to talk to anyone um just pick up the phone or text me on that phone number as well so i really enjoyed my time today so thank you for having me well chrissy thank you for being part of our podcast today it's been a delight to have you and kind of it may it makes me excited to see who's going to jump and take the bait and make a nomination of that next top selling animal. It'll be exciting to see this fall. Yeah, yes, definitely. I agree. And as always listeners, we thank you for listening. Um, it's always fun to hear your feedback and get your questions. We just got one in this morning and we handled that too. So um, thank you as always. You can find us on the Facebook goat gab. Um, you can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts. If you like us, tell a friend um, you're going to some goat shows probably soon. So uh, tell your friends, you listen to a podcast called goat gab. We'd much appreciate that. And to our listeners that um, let me know last week that I had a technical problem on um, what I uploaded. I greatly appreciate that. I am certainly not a professor 
professional podcaster and not a professional producer. So um, always let me know if there are issues like that. I, I definitely apologize and want to make sure that the time that you spend listening is, is well spent with a quality product. So uh, thank you for your patience as I learn with you all and have a fantastic week.